Hello, and welcome to Name Drop San Diego. Name Drop is a podcast from the San Diego Union Tribune that's all about the amazing people who live in our region. I'm your host, Christy Totten, and my guest today is Deacon Jim Vargas. Deacon Jim is well known as the president and CEO of Father Joe's Villages, but before he was ordained, Deacon Jim had a long and impressive career in business. In this interview, Deacon Jim shares how he got to where he is today, what he's learned from working with people in need, and where he plans to go from here. Here's our conversation. Um, well, Deacon Jim, thank you for joining Name Drop San Diego. Um, you know, you you are such a, an influential person in this community. You have a very amazing biography. You've worked in, in so many jobs and obviously helped so many people in the community. But could you give me a short bio? How did you get to where you are today? Oh wow, that's a that's a loaded question, um, and so I'll make it very I'll make it very brief so as not, so as not to bore you. Um, well, I my background I call this my first nonprofit gig here at Father Joe's Villages, and and I, and I'm loving it, and I'll tell you why that's the case in particular. I mean, mine is a, is very much a corporate background. I was a a vice president of Citibank for many many years in New York. Um, I got recruited out here actually to be one of the senior executives at Copley Newspapers. Uh, which owned the Union Tribune and a number of other papers. Um, and I was with, um, with the Union Tribune for, for a good number of years. And then while, while in the midst of that, in 2006, I was ordained a, a deacon of the Catholic Church. So I was doing that on a part-time basis, um, just ministry on a part-time basis, basically. Um, while I was still with Copley, uh, the, um, David Copley decided to sell off his interest in 2009. I helped him with that. And once he closed the business, then I went into full-time ministry. Frankly, I thought that's where I thought I had been ordained a deacon. And I did full-time ministry for about four years, a little over four years. And then this opportunity uh, of president and CEO came up at Father Joe's Villages. And I was um, called by the chairman of the board at the time. Uh, initially, he was interested in one, wanting to know whether I would serve on on the board of Father Joe's Villages. And then when we got to talking is when it became apparent that, that this opportunity as president and CEO was, was available. I, I hadn't realized it. And so one thing led to another. And um, it is, I, you know, I've now been at Father Joe's Villages almost, almost seven years. And it's a great combination of both my business acumen and my pastoral side, um, because mm -hmm. it very much is a business. It's a big organization, as, it's multifaceted. Um, as you know, and uh, and it provides a social service. So it's a, it's just a great combination. How did you decide to become a deacon? Oh, I've I've always been very um, very close to the church. Service within the church has been always very important to me. I was in a minor seminary when I was young, actually, um, and then and then I met my sweetheart, who's now my wife of almost forty five years, and so uh, while. Uh, while that uh, precluded me from becoming a, a, a priest in, in, in the Catholic faith, uh, I remained very close to the faith and the church, um, being involved in many different types of lay ministries, uh, such as uh, liturgical ministry, as well as preparing adults who wanted to come into the faith and many, many different types of ministries within the church. And so um, when uh, I had been asked by a number of priests over the years, whether I would consider a vocation to the diaconate. And so, uh, and at age 46, I did, the time was right. 
Um, I went into a four-year, four-and-a-half-year program of formation, a part-time formation. And then at age 50, I was ordained. It's been, um, it's been 15 years now, actually. It's my 15th anniversary, and it's, I, I love my, my diaconate and being able to, to um, provide ministry at Father Joe's Villages it, it, it's just a godsend for me. The, the word diaconate, by the way, comes from the Greek diakonia, which stands for service. So mm-hmm. deacons are called to service. And so the service that Father Joe's Village is, uh, is, is very dear to me. Did you ever think you would become a priest? Oh, very early on when I was young, I thought I would become a priest. Um, that's, that's what I had in my heart um, in my early teens. And then it was in my late teens that I started going out with my with my wife. So so early on, I did consider um, seriously consider I think becoming a priest, but it's not what uh, what God, God intended. And yet, you know, God never lets go lets go of you. Um, so while it wasn't, it's not as pre- as priest, but as deacon, I get to serve Him in, in an ordained capacity. Um, one of the things on your resume that interests me working at a newspaper is the fact that you've worked at the same newspaper, you have a background in this. Is it still something you follow the business of newspapers? And what do you think about where uh, the news business is headed today? Well, I don't know necessarily whether I follow the business of newspapers. So I do follow newspapers, of course, um, because they, they serve a very big need in our, in our society, keeping us informed of local, uh, national and international events. Um, that said, I, I, the, the business of newspapers, uh, in a sense, started changing a number of years ago while I was still there. And, 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 and actually, the, the newspapers were taking a hit as far as revenue was concerned. So, so um, the number of papers out there were shrinking um, and were being merged into larger, into larger papers and, and franchises. And so I think that has, from what I see, that has continued and, and will continue, of course, uh, that was um, especially because of the advent of, of, of digital and, and social media and the like. And there's so many ways that people access news nowadays that that has impacted, obviously, the traditional uh, delivery of, of, of the news. And so the newspapers that have been able to survive have had to adapt. Okay, I have a lightning round for you. It's just some brief kind of off the wall questions. But the first one is, uh, what would be your perfect San Diego day? Oh, a perfect San Diego day. Well, you have to know that I love the sun and I love the warmth <laughs> weather. These days, in fact, where it's warmed up again, um, I, I, I've just been loving it. And already when I hear <laughs> that it's gonna fall into the, into the 60s, I'm lamenting it. It shows you my perfect San Diego day <laughs> is about 75 degrees with virtually no humidity and the sun is out. I think you're the only person that I've heard that hasn't complained about the recent mini heat wave. Um, okay, what is the last movie you saw? The last movie I saw was, um, oh, uh, the recent James Bond movie, um, which I believe I should remember the name of that movie, No Time to Die, I think was the mm. name of that movie, the most recent one. I love okay. James, I, I, I've always loved the James Bond franchise. Um, I'm, I'm really bummed out that the character James Bond was killed in this recent movie. Mm. I want to see how they, they're going to recover from that, but um, yeah. Who's somebody who's made a difference in your life? Do you have a hero? Uh, do I have a hero? Um, I have to tell you, my, my, 
my father is is my hero. My father is one who um, came into this country as a farm worker in New Jersey. And I say this country, I'm Puerto Rican, so it came from the island Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States. So, but came onto the mainland in the early 50s with no money in his pocket and, and um, started as a farm worker then moved into Manhattan, which is where he met my mom and, and they got married. They had me and my siblings and so forth. And, um, but he, some not very educated, I think he didn't never have more than a sixth, uh, sixth grade education. And yet um, instilled in us, the children, um, the uh, pride for America and, and, um, and what America has to offer. And the fact that we should, uh, you know, we, we should acclimate to, its, to the American way while keep retaining our own culture um, and study and work hard so that we could not only do well for ourselves, but for the community at large. And so he's my father, who's going to be turning 94 uh, in just a few months. Uh, God bless him. And, oh. and, uh, and so he's still he's still going strong. And may that you know be the case for uh, may that always be the case where he's healthy. Um, but he's always there just this this ethic, worth ethic and just ethics in general that he instilled in me um, and, and in my siblings uh, makes him uh, my it makes him my hero. He he accomplished mm-hmm. a lot, especially through his children. Um, having started with very little. Wow, 94. Well, happy birthday to Mr. Vargas. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you for that. Is there a lesson that you learned about the pandemic or just what, I mean, I know that we're still going through it, but you know, in, in the thick of it, what was your takeaway? Um, I think a number of lessons is one is just the, the resiliency of, of people and the uh, creativity. I mean, I saw that time and time again, within my own team at Father Joe's Villages, and we had to re- react very quickly to the closures of mid-March of 2020. Um, obviously, we couldn't stop our services, if anything, our service. So we had to quickly adapt um, to the circumstances. So as an example, overnight, we changed from congregate dining to, to takeout meals. It was still warm and nutritious and balanced, um, but they had to be packaged, right, in order to keep people safe. Um, that grew into uh, having additional mail, uh, excuse me, additional meal services because we heard there was growing food insecurity out in, 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 the, in the region and in the, in the community. And so we took out, we took our meal services out to various areas within the city. And we also, we always have had breakfast, lunch and dinner for our residents. Um, we've, we've had for years and years, lunch meal for the community those who are on the streets themselves who are not residing with us, but have a need, but we extended the meal, the lunch service to, to, to include breakfast and dinner as well. Again, because there was that additional food insecurity. Um, and we had to, that was just one way of that, of adapting. Obviously our health center was front and center because of the need to, to make sure we tested individuals, especially the asymptomatic so that we could then isolate those who weren't showing symptoms. Um, but had the virus in order to keep the population um, uh, safe. Uh, the, the children who our children were particularly uh, suffering through distance learning uh, because they, they live in one room apartments, you know, the entire family and, they, and they, don't, they didn't have the technology they needed to connect with their respective schools. So our therapeutic child care center, basically they, um, they put the... Um, they, they put, put together a virtual learning lab so the kids could come into the 
therapeutic child care center very safely behind partitions and masked and everything was sanitized. We provided the technology they needed to, to link up to their respective schools. We, we hired resource teachers so that the resource teacher could be with them and, and guide them along. And, and so while they have been struggling for the first few months of the pandemic because of distance learning, they really started thriving. Um, so these are just ways, just a few ways uh, just that, that they were they were adaptations. And so my point here is that the pandemic has shown us that you know we uh, are a creative people. We we uh, human beings are creative people, and we step up and we you know well how can we get these done get this done? How can we band together uh, for the good of, of 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 the whole? Right. So um, that was front and center for me, and continues to be front and center for me throughout this pandemic. Um, I know that you you have another meeting come up coming up. I have a couple quick questions for you. Sure. Um, but the first one is, you know, working so closely uh, with homeless people and with families in need. Um, I mean, like, how do you rate the human condition? You know, we, we, we read about in the newspapers, homelessness is getting worse. We see it. Um, but what is your what is your take? And is there hope there? Oh, there absolutely is hope there. Um, I used the term resiliency before that very much is is what I see in those who were blessed to serve, those who come to us for various services, uh, be it shelter or healthcare or, or whatever it is. Um, the, 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 these individuals that are down and out and a lot of times have lost all hope. Um, they, they, they've been abused in different ways. Um, um, in, in their circumstances, and they, sometimes they're very stigmatized, and they, so they're downtrodden. And, and yet, when you provide compassion and you provide the resources that are necessary, it's, it's amazing how they bounce back, and, and, and they're able to really step up to their potential. Um, we, we see it in those who go through our vocational training program, as an example. Um, you know, they once they graduate and I'm handing out certificates, whether it was because they've gone through culinary arts or security guard training, uh, property management, whatever, we have a whole host of vocational training. The, when, when, I, when I see them there and they're thanking me, they're thanking their instructors in Father Joe's Villages, I turn around, I thank them. I said, you know, what we've done is we provided the resources for you very much has apply, have applied yourselves. And so uh, you've done it you know, feel proud of yourselves. And they do. And they're sitting up straight and they're smiling. A lot of them who wouldn't even make eye contact when they first uh, come into the program because of their circumstances. So, so again, you know, you provide, you provide compassion, you treat people with dignity and respect um, and, and give them the, the, the help that they need. And they step up. I see it time and time again. That's really beautiful. And that must be, um, yeah, just, you know, heartwarming to experience on a daily basis. Um, okay, well, so final question for you. You know, you're so successful. You've done so much. I think you're living the American dream based on the story you told me, you know, about your father. But what is next for you? What is something that you still want to do? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm blessed beyond compare. I'm, I'm blessed because of what I've shared with you. I'm blessed with having a family. Um, we're very closely knit. My, my wife, as I mentioned, and I have 45 years at this point, and I've known her actually since I was 12 years of age, right? So I've known each other, wow. I've known her forever, over 50 years. And, um, and, I, and now I have two grandchildren and I'm loving my grandchildren. Um, so, <laughs> so I, am, I, 
I am, I'm, I'm blessed beyond compare. I don't, when you ask, you know, so what's next for me? I mean, as I, I, my, 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 the way I've led my life um, all along has been, uh, you know, whatever God wills for me, whatever, whatever that is at any given time. And it's changed over the years, of course. Initially, as I mentioned, I thought I, um, his will was for me to be a priest. He was guiding me elsewhere. He was guiding me to married life. Um, and so I tried to be a good husband, a good father in the process. Um, but then I went into corporate America, right? And I think there was guidance there as well. Um, and so all along, and then, you know, when it, when it led me to the diaconate program and being a deacon and now to Father Joe's Villages, I do believe that, that, that God's hand has been in all, in all those stages. Um, and I'm confident that, that his hand will be um, in, in the next stages, whatever they are, right? And so I, don't, I, I can't tell you, I don't know what they are, um, but I know that they will be good um, if they are in his service. And that's what it's all about. And that's what I've always wanted to do was just be in God's service. And so, um, um, I, so again, I know it's not a direct answer to your question because I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not pinpointing for you exactly what, what it is. You know, and, and I'll answer it another way, actually. My, my daughter, when she was in her 20s, in her early 20s, of course, she, you know, the kids at that point, they, they wanted, they, they're trying to um, decide what they're going to do with their own lives, right? And they've, they finished the college education. So where, you know, where, did, where should they go next? And my, my daughter asked me the question. She said, you know, well, dad, how have you gone about? How do you, you know, how did you decide that this is what you would do? And then you, it would be followed by the, by the following and, and so forth. And, and, and I told her at the time, I remember I said, honey, you know what? I can't say that I ever planned out my entire life that way. I, I really did. Again, as I've just shared with you, I've ju just really said, well, Lord, where do, where do you want me next? Right. And, and um, without knowing exactly what that is. Now, does it mean, uh, of course it meant, because you have to do your part, right? Of course it meant I, I went to school and I studied hard and I got an education. And, and luckily um, I was afforded that in this great country, despite the fact that, as I mentioned, my, my, I come from, from humble beginnings. My, my parents didn't have much, much by way of money, but they, what they lacked in money, they, they, they fully compensated as far as love was concerned, right, for all of us and instilling, instilling um, like I said, a, a good ethic in us. And so, but this country afforded us being able to get a good education. I was able to go to New York University, a fine university, um, uh, because this, that, that's what this country does, right? And, 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 and helps you along. And so, um, and so, yes, so I applied myself. That said, at the end of the day, uh, it's not as if I had a master game plan for my entire life. It's just fallen into place. Um, and it has fallen into place marvelously. Um, I could not have done, but put it, put it this way. I could not have done as good a job if I had planned it myself. So I'm glad that, <laughs> I'm glad that God, that God planned it for me. He did a much better job. <laughs> thank you again to Deacon Jim Vargas for joining me on Name Drop San Diego. And thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Totten, and we'll be back next week.